What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC dollar sign. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. This is the AirPod God, MLW star, Richard Holiday. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. Hey, yeah. So hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another exclusive interview from across the pond. This time I am delighted to be joined by one member of Culture Inc, Eli Knight. So how are you doing, Eli? Sir, I'm doing good, man. Doing real good right now. Awesome. It's been relaxing. Yeah, um, as you said, you're over in um, over in Florida, and as I'm interviewing you right now, I wish that we had a bit of that Florida weather here because it's pouring down with rain here in Yorkshire in the UK. <laughs> I wish we had yeah. a bit of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, uh, does the uh, UK still have the lockdown and everything? Yeah, uh, well, well, kind of. Um, we're gradually coming out of it. Um, we have at the beginning of the month things were starting to get lifted and we're doing it in a sort of um, a, a sort of wave basis so seeing how things go there's a lot more vaccinations what are happening thankfully and there's a lot more regular testing and things um, people are still working from home and people are still sort of isolating who needs to who need to isolate but oh. gradually things are opening up a little bit I've thankfully been able to go to work and been able to be out of the house as well as being at home so I've been quite fortunate unlike some people who've just been at been at home um, how's it been for you over in the in the US and in Florida has it been particularly locked down over there uh, no, a lot of things got restri- uh, uh, lifted here in Florida. Like, you know, Florida is really, 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 really like uh, just lax- uh, relaxing with um, just a lot of the things that they have around here. Like, you know, mania happened in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Which um, it had about like 25,000 people. I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised that happened. It, even uh, a US, uh, UCF or UFC, UFC event happened recently. Yeah, like literally, like a couple of days ago, and it was like a full packed arena. So, like yeah. a lot of things here in the United States are very like laxative, and like yeah, you no, know, yeah. Especially, I knew that happened uh, as soon as like more vaccines came out because vaccines are very like readily available now here. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it's the same for here in the UK. Thankfully, the vaccines are gradually getting rolled out. I'm I'm still waiting for mine at the moment, but I think it's just due to my um my age and things but um family members have been vaccinated thankfully and you know i get regularly tested so i'm looking that you know i'm able to get tested and things and you know it was it was interesting actually to see after last year with um it's interesting you say that with like wrestlemania and you know um ufc where there wasn't any fans in the building for so long and then all of a sudden you know there were fans there like you know are you um are you a big UFC fan as well, you know. I mean, I, I saw the um, I saw the knockout. What <laughs> the knockout oh. from the weekend? What was nuts? The, oh um, my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I'm I'm a casual watcher of the UFC. Like oh. I casually watch it because I know a lot of the people that I usually wrestle with, they like tuning into that stuff, and some even like do like mixed martial arts. So I like oh. watch it with them. And yeah, I saw that uh, knockout by Usman. Oh my god, that was just yeah vicious. It was and, like. A lot, a lot of things happened that night. Just a lot of things. Like 
that Chris Wyman injury. Oh my god. Oh yes. That was hard to watch. That that reminded me of like Psycho Sid when he jumped off the top rope and his <laughs> leg just yeah just shattered into a thousand pieces. That was literally the same thing. I yeah mean, yeah. I can't believe that was actually like experienced live. Yeah. I was like, um, Man. it's weird because I thought exactly the same thing. Like when I saw that uh, Chris Wyman leg injury, I just thought, yep, that's Psycho Sid right there. You know, I thought that's some, <laughs> we've seen that before and we know that that's not good. Um. And you know that that knockout, like I, I here in the UK, I, I'm a bit like you in that I'm a casual watcher of the UFC, but sometimes I catch things on like Twitter feeds and you know catch up sort of the day after because it's so expensive to watch here in the UK. And obviously, when paying paying for watching wrestling and various things and um, you know time zones and stuff, it can be a bit difficult. But you know when I caught that that knockout on looking through the feed and things like, wow, you know, that's going to be one people remember for a long time. You know, that was like you said, that was a vicious piece of, uh, you know, fisticuffs, you may say here in the UK. <laughs> We're messing with him anytime soon. And, um, it's interesting you bring up psychosis actually. So kind of like the first question I want to, I always ask my um, guests is kind of what are your earliest memories of wrestling and kind of where did wrestling become part of your life what where did that start yeah so i want to say around like around 2006 2007 i just uh me and my brother we wrestled all the time just like every single uh moment i could i wrestled with him he was about seven years older than me at the time so he was about like 13 14 and you know we just wrestle on his bed every single time his friends would come over and we just like do like tag matches everything like my favorite wrestler of all time is Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah. And and at that time when I was watching wrestling, John Cena was the top guy. He was going out there with the the black shorts and just having matches of his life. So every single time I wrestled, all I did was uh her Karanas and attitude adjustments. <laughs> and the the earliest memories I had, it was just it was just a bunch of wrestling. Like I honestly didn't even watch wrestling for like the stories or anything because I think I think I had ADHD pretty bad so I just I just like would watch for the moves and what they do in the ring and I'm like yeah and I feel like that's why I felt like such a connection to Rey Mysterio yeah he he was just really 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 I just loved looking at him and looking at his uh his work oh yeah um I remember seeing Rey Mysterio vividly for the first time actually uh, this is an interesting story what some people know but my although i'd seen kind of wrestling and passing through um sort of posters and through um you know like vhs covers and articles and things and like in passing on commercials the first time i actually kind of properly watched wrestling of my own was when i watched wcw worldwide and the match what literally got me hooked onto wrestling was um ray mysterio jr at the time uh, in WCW against two and two Guerrero in WCW and that feud they had but also like you said in terms of you can see guys like Hogan and you can see guys like Sting and Goldberg and it's like yeah that's that's all good but when you see guys like Rey Mysterio who are doing these crazy hurricane runners and these crazy dives and doing these crazy like high flying stuff to the floor and you know wow like you can't not become a wrestling fan after seeing that and even now yeah. like like when it came out of the Royal Rumble in um, 2019, I believe. Sorry, it might have been a bit earlier. Sorry, not 2019. Um, 
when he came out of the Royal Rumble a few years ago, when he'd been away from WWE for a while, it was like jumping up and down from a seat. And, you know, it was just yes. like, he hasn't lost a step at all. He's just so talented yes. at what he does. Um, is there a particular favourite Rey Mysterio match or manoeuvre? What you always, um, what you what you like as well? Well, of course I had to go with the 619. That's just, mm. that's just a given. That's a given mm. move that I love from him. And a match that I love from him. I do love him and uh, Eddie. I think that was at 21. Yes. And I've watched that numerous amount of times. Just a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. Like something that was so, like, I guess it's like, at the time I didn't appreciate it, but like now I appreciate it. It was something so simple, but something that ju- they just like, they just knew what to do, man. It's just like, oh, uh, that match was just perfect for them. Oh, really yeah. Good open- Another yeah. good opener of his was uh, against Angle as well. I think that was 03. I always watch that. Like, oh wow, that match at that match at SummerSlam. Was just, yeah, that match at SummerSlam was just like um, because he was fresh coming into the company as well, and then Kurt Angle yeah. obviously the and you, I think as well because it was kind of the first time they wrestled one another. I believe I could be wrong, but I believe. Um, I think so. I yeah. Think so. And just the stuff they did in that match was just crazy, and the crowd were going nuts. And you know, again, it, it, stuff what Rey Mysterio did in that match, you'd never see ever again, like in his career. But some of the stuff what he did was just beautiful, and the way they worked with one another was just insane. And and the same with Eddie, you know, like the match with Eddie at twenty one was just again, it was just poetry in motion to seeing them working against one another. They just knew each other inside out, and every little idiosyncrasy they were just able to feed off the crowd and just worked so well and then we had that turn with eddie where he you know brain busted ray onto the um onto the steps and then it all changed and it became you know the the devilish eddie and the you know good boy ray mysterio you know good guy ray mysterio good and evil and um great times and as you said as well you know john cena during that period as well was just on fire you know he was a guy yeah and I know that a lot of people are very, I feel unfair, people are very unfair about John Cena in terms of his actual um, wrestling ability and things. But, you know, he wrestled consistently so good for so long. And, you know, he had matches against so many different people. And when he came out on Raw, when he was drafted to Raw, when Chris Jericho was um, doing the... Um, doing talk is jericho not talk is jericho sorry um the <laughs> highlight reel sorry in the that's his podcast the highlight reel and in, in the ring on raw and he was announcing the new signee for raw in the draft lottery and the crowd went nuts it was like oh my god like this is awesome and just a megastar you know and again he's a guy who you couldn't not get behind because he was just so good at i mean he still is obviously he's not he's just part-time now you know but um I love the, the one John Cena match. What I love, I mean, everyone talks about um, the match with CM Punk, um, mm-hmm. but I love the match he had against um, a few years later in two. Well, the match he had in two thousand and five at uh, seven, sorry, against Umaga at Royal Rumble, which was the last man uh, standing match where they took away the ropes and they was using the ropes with the STF to try and choke him out and stuff. Yeah, and that was... I love that. I thought it was Great. such a cool match. Yeah. Those um, matches that he was having with all those monsters, Kali too. Oh my God, that that was like literally such a memory. If I if I can remember, like the finish to that match was uh, John Cena giving Kali AA off of something. Was it a forklift or am I tripping? Yeah, I think it was a forklift onto the um 
it kind of went off shot then because it was out of the arena. Sorry, it was out of the into the crowd, and then it was into some. Um, it was either into the stage or it was it was into something. I can't just remember because that again was last man standing and stuff, and the strength what he had to be able to lift him up and you know just crazy. And the match he had on uh, Raw against Shawn Michaels after the wrestle at WrestleMania, which is another favorite. Oh, you know, brilliant stuff. And that was in the uh, UK as well, I believe. From remembering yeah, right, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah the forty minute match, yeah, uh, or or plus, you know, beautiful stuff and. Um, the match, obviously, my my other favorite match, or well, modern times WWE match was the match he had against um, Brock Lesnar at um, Extreme Rules 2012. So when Brock had returned after he'd been away for like eight years, and um, he was in Chicago, and wow, like it, it, that match was just insane in terms of like. A guy getting beaten up by someone else, but the crowd getting behind John Cena the whole way after they'd been booing him. Such a great storyteller, you know, beautiful storytelling there. Um, psychology is untouchable, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah. The psychology of John Cena is just unmatched. You know, he, like I said, he gets a very bad rap from a lot of people, but he, the 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 crowd totally get behind him, and you know, I can understand why you would become a fan of him you know and want to become a a wrestler from watching him so it kind of feeds into then what actually kind of how did you actually get into um the business and had you attended any um shows and then kind of got involved or what kind of started your training as a wrestler was there something you saw or what started your training uh, what started training, like, honestly, what solid, I'm going to be honest with you, what solidified me wanting to become a wrestler was one of your guys that are, uh, that's down in the UK, which was Tyler Bate. Like, I remember oh, yeah. watching, yeah, I watched the UK tournament, and I'm like, I heard that he was 19 years old, and I'm like, what? There's a 19-year-old in the WWE putting on matches like that. Like, I'm like, <laughs> there's no way. And at the time, I think I was like, what, 16, maybe 17? No, 16. So I was 16. And that really, like, made me sit there and think, like, okay, so this might be actually feasible for somebody like me that's this young. Because, honestly, as a kid, like, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I really didn't want to, like, you know, like, get, like, a boring job. I didn't want to get, like, a regular, like, office job. I don't want to be any of that. I wanted to, you know, do something that's worth my time while I have it, you know, something that's just worth doing. And wrestling was that for me since I watched it for so long and I've participated in just like looking at everything from photos to figures to everything that's just like contributed to wrestling that just made me want to do it. And so I went online and I looked around me. Luckily, there were a couple of schools that were near me, but then there was one that was literally nine minutes away from me and I could take my bike there. I can uh, get a ride for my mom, take the bus, whatever I can do to get down there. Yeah. And um, it was it was fairly simple to get in there. The the school's called Pro Wrestling 2.0. Oh, uh, yeah, it was yeah. Fairly, yeah. It was fairly uh, simple to get down there. All I had to do was really just uh, contact him. Uh, he gave me a trial class. And from there, that's where I just started paying and I just started training. No. That's really cool. Um. I mean, it's always interesting learning how people have 
sort of become involved in the business and how they, you know, got interested. And it's cool as well that you saw a guy like Tyler Bate, who, yeah, like you just said, you know, under 20 years old and, you know, ruling the British scene with his matches in, you know, NXT UK and the UK tournament, which again was a brilliant, um, you know, series of matches. And his matches with Pete Dunne, you know, are just, again, masterclasses in terms of, you know, wrestling psychology and just wrestling in general you know and stay so young to be able to do what he does i think again is so um so phenomenal you know um i couldn't believe he was so young and i'm here in the uk like i couldn't believe he was i mean i'm i'm 28 and i can't do that you know i'm I'm no athlete in any shape or form and you know um, it always amazes me how um he was able to get into the business so successfully and um you know i mean in terms of actually getting into training as well like had you been a sportsman beforehand as well so like had you done any previous sort of either you know basketball or boxing or american football or like did you have a kind of athletic background to kind of get you used to taking bumps and used to doing a lot of or gymnastics getting you used to doing all that kind of physical stuff definitely i did uh amateur wrestling for uh in my junior year of high school oh cool um yeah i, I was doing varsity wrestling actually and um like, you know, since I, I started a little bit late, I wasn't amazing at it, but I also, it, it helped me learn a lot, and it really contributed to wrestling a lot. Yeah. The physical aspect of it, oh my god. And like, um, in wrestling, you learn how to do roles, and you learn how to do these uh, certain acrobatic things. That's what I learned in amateur wrestling. You know, I learned how to do roles, specific roles, that actually literally helped me learn uh, the roles that we learn in wrestling today, you know? Yeah. Like, um also did basketball yeah i did um aau basketball which is just um it's a league um that's around the united states just um a lot of people uh um like prospects in basketball they do that and i did it for a year as well and that's uh basketball really helped me uh shape up uh, my vertical ability my jumping ability it really helped improve my cardiovascular ability uh, yeah, because it's just a lot of running. So, um, and other than that, that's all I really did. And I I know like I do like a lot of flips, but I was not properly trained to do flips. I really uh, just went outside in front of my yard and did flips until I landed on my feet accidentally. I said, "Oh, <laughs> all right, that's that's easy." So I, I'll, I'll just keep doing flips. And then all of a sudden, I just got. Uh, less scared of doing flips, and now I can kind of do them. I don't want to say perfectly, but I could do them pretty nicely. Yeah, if I can put it that way. Yeah, um, you know, I think being um being athletically gifted as well. Like trying to see me. First of all, I wear glasses, so if I tried to do a flip, I'd the glasses would fall off. But also, if I took the glasses off before I did the flip, it would be a disaster as well. Because I'm, you know, I can't see one hand from the other I'm, I'm almost as blind as a bat so trying to do anything like that doesn't work for me I always wanted to be the person behind the camera I always wanted to be kind of a, a, a Mauro Ranallo or a, or a Don Callis I never wanted to be in the ring I think that it would um, be a, a worrying sight for you know many a people if I, if I went missing the I think unless I was holding a microphone for somebody else, I don't think I would actually go into the ring in that sense. But again, that's cool knowing that, you know, you um, 
were you know an amateur wrestler and that you know you went through the amateur ranks and in terms of like amateur wrestling as well like does it it's, it isn't, this isn't a question i've actually asked anyone before but in terms of like amateur wrestling um does it kind of toughen you up in a sense to the physicality of professional wrestling does it like make yeah. you more yeah like because it is so hard well not hard hitting per se but a lot more kind of rough and ready and physical let's put it that way yeah it's uh the thing is wrestling is very taxing on your cardio which is probably the most important thing that you need in wrestling because yeah. everybody everybody's a cardio monster nowadays so like it really is uh it's very rough on cardio it's very rough on you uh physically like i've gotten injured a lot of times doing amateur wrestling um, yeah it is it it really does ready you up uh because compared to a wrestling mat from a wrestling ring, a uh, wrestling mat is probably honestly harder to land on than a wrestling ring. Yeah. So it it really does shape your body up to actually take the type of uh, the type of wear and tear that you get from uh, pro wrestling. It really does prepare your body for that. And then, um, oh yeah, that's it really. Yeah, I mean, um, it makes sense in a way that it would, you know toughen you up to that because you know it's so physical and you know the canvas and stuff is so um i mean when when you um hear people hitting it like on tv it sounds like one thing but being there it's something else like you can actually hear the reverberations because essentially underneath that canvas is just planks of wood you know and that's what you know so it's definitely a lot more um hard hitting than people give it um credit for i would i would know um and i mean in terms of you as a as a wrestler like we just said off as i just said off air um the most you're you're part of a at the moment you're part of a a group um and a tag team known as culture inc who you know have appeared in several promotions and you've also appeared prominently in um the uh, world wrestling network and acw and kind of what brought culture inc together and what was it like getting i mean obviously the uh, wwn is a kind of big brand on the independent scene so what was it like kind of getting the opportunity to start wrestling for um wwn uh yeah so we when we uh were just down here and we just formed we were working the little the little shows like our student shows at 2.0 uh, we just worked those shows and um a lot of people that we were around, they went to these uh, these other shows that were in Tampa area, which is about two hours from us because we live in Orlando. Yeah. So, yeah, so we just uh, – we did the basic thing that uh, pretty much I think every indie wrestler has done and wrestler in general has done, which is travel to another show, show face, help set up, do whatever we can to just, like, you know, put our name in the hat. And that's exactly what we did for uh, ACW which was uh, probably one of the smaller shows that allowed people to work on things, allowed people to move on to uh, the next step would be like FIP or Evolve. Yeah. And, yeah, we just showed up to help. And um, a lot of people, they helped us get on there. They knew us. They um, they knew what we were about. They knew what we could do. And from these other shows, we, uh, we showed our footage, all that, and they put us on for the first time and uh it wasn't it wasn't too taxable process but it was um 
it was uh very 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 um it was a it was a it was a process yeah it's, uh it you you do like in some sense have to kind of earn your way onto the show yeah and that's what we did and uh after you get on that show you had to you had these other shows like FIP and Evolve which uh, I don't uh, I know Evolve is a uh, now kind of a WWE thing mm-hmm. and uh but FIP would be the next step for us to like you know try and get our name out there in the WWE circle yeah um I've got I really like the the WWN brand I've followed it for a long long time um seen a lot of and a lot of people have come up through the uh, WWN uh, promotions, you know, people in WWE now. So you've got guys like Johnny Gargano, you've got guys like Timothy Thatcher, um, you've got guys in AEW like Darby Allen, um, and Ethan Page, and you know, in in FIP, guys like Austin Theory and JD Drake and Anthony Henry now is over in NXT, you know, which I'm uh, really pleased about, you know. And I mean, like you said, it, it it always seemed like that kind of, or it's always seemed like that kind of place where you know you. You gradually work up the ranks, and um, you know wrestling in um, sort of the the WWM brand. Um, did you just before you were saying like obviously like evolve is owned now by by WWE to a degree, but did you have any interactions with any of the guys from Evolve, or have you had any interactions with you know any of the stars either just before they went to WWE or? Um, if they were like still on the independent scene but working for other places, have you had any interesting interactions with people like doing seminars or things? Um, I never necessarily did uh, seminars under them, but I've done a. There was a really big match we had. It was against uh these two um guys Hunter Law and Troy Hollywood. Oh yeah. They're also yeah they're also known as OAO. Yes. And we had a match, and uh, Matt Sada was in the backstage, and he watched the whole match. And it was oh, just wow. like, yeah, and he told us uh, a lot of things. He liked our work, and then he obviously, you know, criticized us, let us know what we need to work on, because that's honestly what we strive for more than, you know, being told a good match. So he was able to uh, break down the match and see uh, see what we did wrong and what we can improve on when we go to training next time. And I feel like that was, like, probably one of the coolest experiences I had because, like I said, I'm very, I'm very, very young. So, yes. Like back in 2011, I was like around 10, and I just saw this guy Evan Bourne, just like doing his thing in WWE, and like I just remember a photo I had. Uh, I was at the pool and I was just mocking him, and I was just like flipping into the pool, and I'm just like, wow, I just really got my match critiqued by Evan Bourne. Wow. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy to me, and that's probably like <laughs> that's like one of the highlights of my careers, probably like one of the most underrated highlights, honestly. Wow. I just kind of now remember that. I'm like, wow, I really got my match critiqued by Evan Bourne. Wow. Um, it's so cool as well because recently I interviewed a wrestler from uh, Israel called uh, Uval uh, Goldschmidt, which you can also, anyone listening, you can catch on uh, SoundCloud at BBG Wrestling. And he also had he, he had the opportunity to wrestle uh, Matt Seidel. And he said very similar to you that he's very young, but his, his knowledge and his... Um, feedback and you know constructive criticism to help you grow as performers was you know sort of 
it, it was so invaluable in terms of growing him as a you know a wrestler and it's so cool as well that you know he was there to see that whole match and, and Troy Hollywood and Hunter Law are two guys who I've got a lot of respect for as well two guys who you know again I've seen come up through the ranks in um, WWN Live and on the um, independent scene and you know they work really well either as tag team as tag team partners or against one another there are some great matches against one another um and in terms of actually being a tag team wrestler, like, you know, um, I, I kind of, there is a particular match which I want to get into in terms of singles later on, but in terms of being a tag team wrestler, like, um, do, you, do you find it kind of interesting, that dynamic of um, at parts being a singles wrestler, sort of going from being a singles wrestler to then being a tag team? Like, is it fun being able to, you know, wrestle the different styles and wrestle, you know, with culturing can then be a singles guy is that exciting yeah definitely is it, it's it keeps everything fresh you know yeah uh being able to wrestle as a singles wrestler and also as a tag team wrestler i'm mostly a tag team wrestler you know like at the end of the day uh a lot of people see me as that and yeah but to be able to uh, show what i can do as a singles competitor as well it helps me grow even more not just for me uh as an individual but for my tag team as well it just helps me improve every single time I'm able to uh, wrestle those two different styles. And it also just gives me a different challenge because, you know, like I've only had a handful of singles matches, believe it or not, in wrestling. Yeah. I only had about maybe like off the top of my head, maybe 10. And uh, the, yeah, the majority of my matches have been tag matches. So being able to uh, wrestle that single style uh, that I've been doing recently as well as tag team, it really helps me like grow as a performer in general, and um, it helps it just improve my game. Yeah, um, it's always interesting as well learning if because um, some people, you know, prefer being part of a team, or some people prefer singles, or like yourself, you know, they like the mixture of both and having the challenge of being, you know, in a singles match or being in a tag team match. So it's always cool learning, you know, what um what people think in terms of being in the ring. I mean, in terms of being in a, in a group like culture Inc as well, like, do you find it excite? I mean, like the, the promos you put together and things on social media and the, the work you have been doing has been so engaging and been so cool. Like in terms of your group, were there any particular wrestling groups or groups who, you know, whether it be in sort of pop culture or in, you know, film or the like, who influenced you to sort of create Culture Inc? And also where did the kind of name come from of Culture Inc as well? Because it's such a cool name. Yeah, um, a lot of our stuff, because um, our manager, Nick J. Holiday, he's very, very into rap culture and yeah. Uh, instituting all his uh, all the lyrics from raps from different songs from li- different artists into our uh, promos into our captions that we have on Instagram etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, the name Culture Inc kind of came from um, my partner Malik and the the cultural background the background that he has he's a um, West Indian so he kind of made that name up for him but it could also apply to us as well because we're two uh, just black men that are in the United States and we understand our culture and we understand where we came from. Yeah. So using that name kind of fit us perfectly because 
it just allowed us to represent our culture and what we just, you know, we were fighting for. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have great admiration for the, you know, African-American um, community and, and in terms of, you know, the wrestling African-American community as well because, you know, um, in terms of the journey what African-Americans have been on in the wrestling industry, it's, um, you know, been a, a long a long journey in many ways and, you know, it's great to be able to, to see such a solid that solidarity in a sense from so many um performers because this kind of nicely brings me into um a show you were recently on actually which was a show which i watched and i thoroughly enjoyed it was gcw's um for the culture which um you were which celebrate is a show basically celebrating the african-american community so it's a show which for those people who don't know if you're listening it's a show which is produced by um predominantly african-american um uh, wrestlers and personnel and all the wrestlers and all the personnel involved are of um you know the african-american um background and i mean how did it feel being part of that show and being part of the collective as well which was the overarching weekend worth of shows like what was that like it was honestly, it was so overwhelming. I remember um, when I got the DM from AJ Gray where he uh, he said that he wanted me on his show. And it really, it really just like, it humbled me. You know what I mean? Mm. It just, to know that I've been working hard, to know that I've been putting in a lot of effort into just trying to make this uh, wrestling thing work. You know, it just... To be able to be chosen for a show like that, it just, I'm appreciative for that, you know? And to be put against uh, Trey Lamar, who's an upcoming uh, wrestler and probably like one of the uh, bigger up and coming names on the independent scene, it really just, I'm just appreciative of that and being able to get that opportunity. It's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I vividly remember last year just before covid hit so so kind of the collective in 2020 took place later in the year around the autumn but the original collective which was announced before covid hit and i remember for the culture being announced as well as all the other shows and it was the one i was most excited for because it was something completely new something completely fresh and celebrating part of the wrestling community um which you know has produced i mean the african-american community in terms of like i just said in terms of wrestling has become such a strong um you know presence in terms of guys like you said like aj gray former gcw he's a former gcw world champion and you've got guys like trailer ma yourself and culture inc you've got um calvin tankman um lee moriarty who i interviewed for um the wrestling estate um there's a lot of guys who are coming up uh, jonathan gresham as well over in ring of honor mm-hmm. um there's a lot of guys who were um coming up who were you know part of the african-american community which is it's exciting you know i mean is it exciting for you with those opportunities like i mean um was it kind of a bit of a light bulb moment that this was something you know for your culture and for your 
um, created for you, if that makes sense, like by AJ Gray, you know, like it, it does that kind of make sense, like what I'm like what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Oh, uh, you mean like it was it like a light bulb to uh, for the for the culture? Yeah. Yeah, you might have to uh, explain that again. Hold on. Yeah, like so in terms of that, like a lot of wrestling has for a long time been produced by um, predominantly white people. Well, yeah, like white people and Caucasian individuals for something like For the Culture, which was produced wholly by uh, and for um, African-American, um, the African-American community. Was it kind of like a light bulb moment that, yeah. you know, you've got a big crowd there, you've got an audience who are ready to see this and a lot of buzz around, you know, your particular product that, you know, you could create like yeah. a brand around it and a, and a promotion essentially around it. Like, cause I'd love to see a father culture promotion. I think it'd be phenomenal. You know, I think there's so many. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a light bulb moment to be giving a bunch of just black wrestlers a platform to be able to show what they can do. Because a lot of us, they we really don't get the chance to show what we can do. A lot of those people on those shows, they don't get the chance on regular game changer shows and regular uh, other independent promotions to get a chance to show what they can do. There's only yeah. like a handful, like you said, like Lee Moriarty, uh, Trey Lamar. There's only such a handful that mm. can show their talent and what they're able to do. So for the culture is definitely, definitely a light bulb moment. And we know that it's there's definitely going to be more from here on out. And I hope to be a part of all, all of them. And I hope to see more people that are very, very underrated, very, very, um, you know, underutilized to be put on those shows, to be shown uh, to the whole entire wrestling world. Yeah. Um, that that's what I hope for as well. You know, I mean, and and what it did for me as well is it, like you just said, there are so many. I mean, I'm I'm quite kind of knowledgeable of independent wrestling, thankfully, due to, um, you know, not having much of a life and <laughs> watching a lot of wrestling. But but know of a lot of independent wrestlers. But there was a lot of wrestlers who I'd never even heard of before. Who, AJ Gray, um, and the GCW, well, for the culture, brought to my attention, who I've then gone and followed um, and gone and sought the work out of, which I think is a really great thing as well because you want these people to get more bookings, you want these people to get more opportunities and to get a, and, and for it to be such a big platform as well and it was like WrestleMania weekend and it was, you know, such a big buzz. I mean, um, you know, it, it definitely was the, the... I mean, there was... Obviously, last year the pandemic hit, and then there was Father Culture later in the year, which took place in uh, Indianapolis, and then obviously there was Father Culture this year, um, which um, took place last month, well, earlier this month. But it's exciting to know that there will be more shows going forward, and be also as well, like in terms of because GCW as a as a product is so hot right now, like it's probably the sort of premier independent promotion you might say in terms of like uh fan interaction and stuff was it exciting being in that environment and being with those fans and just being at a gcw show like had you seen gcw on you know like uh live streams and stuff from afar and was it exciting actually being there mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely exciting i've the first game changer show i was at was fight forever and it was a very lucky experience to just be able to be chosen out of nowhere, out of the blue, to be able to uh, put on a match just out of nowhere. So yeah. 
I kind of had a taste of what Game Changer was, but then actually being on a show like For the Culture where there was about maybe 300 plus, 400 plus people in the audience and it's on that type of platform, it was really kind of just surreal to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've wa- I watched it from afar. I'm like, yo, this is a show I definitely want to be on. I definitely want to wrestle these talents because there's so many talented people on these shows. And to be able to be on that show is just... It really, it really was just like, it's what I expected. Yeah. Just, it's what I expected. It was um, fun. Just everything under the sun, man. Yeah. They, um, they have a great thing going, going for them to, um, you know, GCW. And I was gutted when the pandemic hit and I couldn't attend the show last year in the UK. Absolutely gutted because they were due to come to the UK and I was, eagerly awaiting to order my tickets to go and see him in Liverpool and that didn't happen <laughs> so then the day comes that I can go and see GCW live I'll be there front row eagerly with my GCW shirt on which I have with pride hung up in my wardrobe <laughs> waiting for that day <laughs> when I can go um, and the the main the interesting thing as well is is that For the Culture was main evented by two amazing wrestlers in Rich Swan and a uh, uh, sort of um, figurehead of African American wrestling and, and an innovator of wrestling as well in Two Called Scorpio, who still today can just go like yeah. he's twenty years old. I mean, so, we were there to see that live. Like they just there to. I, I hope you stayed to watch that one. <laughs> oh, I definitely stayed to watch that. One. Yes, <laughs> I was tired. And I was banged up, but I definitely stayed to watch that one. I was yeah. in the crowd. I had to. I had to be in the crowd to watch it. I couldn't watch it on like a phone. I couldn't watch it from behind the curtain. I had to actually go in the physical crowd to see that match. Oh wow! Because um, that is really that's just a one in a lifetime match. Like, yeah. Who who else is gonna put that match on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, obviously I've seen Rich grow. Again, he's another guy who's grown through the WWN live brand through Dragon Gate and through Evolve and, you know, two Cold Scorpio through ECW who just, um, again, like I just said, he was a, a figurehead and a, and a sort of um, a, a forerunner for so many um, wrestlers. And, and his style was just so kind of, or his style is because he's still wrestling now, just so kind of ahead of its time, you know, and, and, and so um, you can just see the parallels between the two of them when you watch, like, you know, the dancing and of Too Cold and then the dancing of Rich, and you can see, like, the 450 of Scorpio and the 450 of Swan, and there's so many parallels of one another, and, you know, I bet that was just such a cool thing to be there, though, in the crowd and just be able to see... I mean, did you speak to them both afterwards? Like, did you have any interaction with them afterwards? Um, I've only had I only had uh, interactions with uh, Swan before. Swan is such a he's a nice person, man. He's yeah, very, like he's like uh, one of the many people who just like they, they just straight up come to you and just say hi, how you been? Like, it feels like he really like just cares about being in that type of environment and that type of locker room. He made me feel like I was welcome there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, too cold. I've met a couple times, and he he's the same way. He's just he's super. He's just ridiculously funny. Yes. He's, uh, he's just cool to be around. You know, just um. Both of them, they're positively just like they positively affect the environment in the locker room. Like yes. just really like it's it's just it radiates off them for real. But after the match, I didn't really have any uh, uh words with them. 
I just wanted to let them, you know, relax, you know, let them yeah. digest all that stuff in. I, li- I like to do that with a lot of people. Just let them, you know, have their match, have them uh, digest stuff. Don't want to bother them too much. Yeah. But before before the match, uh, they just they just fill that locker room up with joy for real. Yeah. Um. I'd love to, I'd love to meet both guys and then you know like you said about Too Cold being being funny. I actually ironically listened recently again to the uh you kayfabe commentaries you shoot you shoot shoot interview with Too Cold Scorpio where he was talking about the um the well he was talking to start with about the time he met. Uh, Muhammad Ali over in Korea which was really cool and his dad used to be a sparring partner which I think is just like crazy that his dad sparred that's with actually, I know it's crazy with Muhammad Ali I actually didn't even think about that that's actually yeah, crazy it is crazy when you listen to it and um, he spoke to he said he like spoke to him really really good interview really interesting and really funny um, but but the bit what makes me laugh what I, I go back to is the bit about the um, the part where he talks about the ECW brawl which I had heard about before um, from I think it might have been New Jack, not too cold, but basically there was a there was a fight one night outside the ECW arena, and um, Too Cold Scorpio, Sabu, New Jack, and um, the great Sasuke from over in Japan who was there went out and sort of um, sort of cleared this whole sort of um, parking lot full of yobs basically, <laughs> and then the great Sasuke was there in his mask karate kicking people, and you know they were knocking <laughs> people out, and so funny. Um, yeah, so it seems such a cool guy, you know. Hence why he's called Too Cold Scorpio. He's just cool, you know. He's just cool, cool, man. cool. yeah, and just um, a cool dude. Um, and you know, if if my um, facts are correct, because I don't actually regularly watch um, WWE, is it true that you wrestled on WWE? Am I correct with that? Is yeah, that... yeah, yes, yeah, on Two or Five Live, yeah. yeah Wow, against um, Davari. I mean, what was? I mean, that must have been a dream come true as well to be able to wrestle oh, for WWE and be and be there in the, you know, WWE universe. I mean, what was that like? Honestly, it's like the pandemic. It was a curse, but it was also a blessing at the same time. It was just. It was like I like I I can't even put it into words. Honestly, still to this day, mm. like, the fact that. You know, like I said, it was just a dream, you know, just to even think about being backstage at WWE. And then I got those opportunities two times. And yeah. then the third time, I just remember just getting a text saying, hey, do you want to have a match on 205 Live? And I looked at the phone. I'm like, of course I want a match on 205 Live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, there's no way that I actually just, you know, just punched my tickets to my first ever WWE match. And it was like I, I can't even put that into words, but it was just it, it was overwhelmingly nerve wracking at first, obviously. But then when I got in that ring and it was just it just felt like a different environment. It felt mm. it just the way it felt, it really filled my heart up, like just like oh, man. I just miss I I just miss that I I really do I miss that feeling and yeah. I really want that feeling in another uh, just in another however long it takes. Honestly. Yeah, it's an incredible achievement. You know, I think like I said I I watch 
WWE fleeting layout. I'm more of a, as you can tell from the interview, more of a independent wrestling fan. So I, you know, I do research and things, but um, wrestling for WWE being so early in your career as well. I mean, you know, was it crazy as well seeing yourself on TV, like I'm watching yourself on the show. Like, was it weird seeing yourself then on yeah. on screen? Yeah, was yes, that a weird experience? So... Yeah, did everyone come awesome. around and watch it? <laughs> Uh, my mom, uh, I, I put it on for my mom one time, man. It was, <laughs> she was very upset that I got beat up, <laughs> but at the same time, she was also like, "Wow, my son is on a, on a WWE, uh, WWE HD camera," and I'm like, "Yeah, that, it, it was just, that was cool, man." Oh yeah, you know you can't. Uh, I think any mother would be incredibly proud of their their son to be on you know, WWE TV and to for the world, you know, it's the thing as well. It's not just, you know, a local thing, but the world to have, you know, seen you um, perform. And, um, you know, I think what's great as well is, like you said, you, you those opportunities have come so early on that I'm, I know from seeing your work and seeing the matches you've had that they will come again. And it's a great... Um, you know, testament to you so early on in your career that you were given that opportunity. And I mean, you know, it, it, it says a lot as well in terms of, and that's a goal to work towards as well in that, you know, you've already, it's not like, like I've spoken to some people and have said, I've, I've been there, I've done that, and then there's something else to do. But, you know, that's the ultimate goal and that's the exciting thing, you know, and with, with the pandemic gradually opening up and um, as you said, there was WrestleMania there with, 20,000, 25,000 people and things. It's a true goal to work towards. I, I'm not a wrestler and I want to go to WrestleMania as a fan, you know? <laughs> so it's a goal for yeah. me. You're not in the ring. I still need to do that. I still need to do that too. Yeah. Um, I, I think as well, it, um, not even just for the... Um, I think there's just a. I think because that is just such a celebration of wrestling, in a sense, a bit like for a bit like the collective and all that. Where I want yes. to go to the collective as well, where it's just every wrestling fan, you know, it's just a good vibe. It just feels like good vibes, happy vibes, and a festival of wrestling where people want to get together and enjoy wrestling as a whole. You know, from all different places and all different um, backgrounds. You know. Um, and it's exciting now that the pandemic's gradually opening up, that things are, opportunities are coming about. And I mean, in terms of you heading into the rest of 2021, what does the future hold for you, um, Eli Knight, with your career? Is there any, you know, either upcoming matches or things you'd like to accomplish? Yeah, I always... Um... How I am, I'm always a person that takes one step at a time, you know. I mm-hmm. I never uh I don't have like set goals. I do wanna write some down obviously, but I, I never have like set goals currently. Uh I do have very like uh obvious goals, you know. I wanna wrestle out of the state, uh not out of the state, but out of the country. I wanna wrestle in Japan, you know what I mean? Mm. I definitely wanna reach that goal. I wanna wrestle like the best that we have here. I wanna wrestle Lee Morarity. I cannot say his name to save my life. Uh, I want to. I want to wrestle uh, Leo Rush. I want to yes. wrestle a lot of people, um, just to get that experience and also to get that 
uh, ability to have my name out there and then at most importantly just learn to get better um upcoming right now i'm going to texas for a, uh, a debut show at a place called premier wrestling federation oh cool um i don't i'm not aware of who we're facing yet but i know we're going to be out there awesome. and then i come back uh we just won the generation championship wrestling tag team championship so we get to defend that yes. uh, the weekend after um there might be a possible upcoming booking in Georgia after that, that weekend following that. Uh, just, I'm just trying to stay busy. Mm. Uh, most importantly, you know, trying to trying to get my name out there because, um, you know, uh, right now wrestling is not bringing in income. But I'm honestly, if people do wrestling for the money, man, uh, you might as well not be a wrestler. No. You you had to you had to put in the hours. You're gonna have to put in the work. You're gonna have to put in the times where, you know, you're gonna come home broke. Like, uh, it, wrestling is a risk. But with all these opportunities that I'm getting to wrestle on these uh, bigger indie promotions and platforms, it's it's a it's a humbling experience. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you've hit the nail on the head. You know, the reason I you know, do what I do, even though I'm not a wrestler, is because I love professional wrestling as a fan, and I love being able to showcase people's work to, you know, a wider audience, and to be able to help people grow, you know, and to be able to help people gain new fans from around the world, you know, whether it be here in the UK or further field, you know, and I think um, your and Culture Inc. stock is definitely going to grow throughout 2021 I, I can't wait to see how you're gonna um you know develop throughout the year and i can't wait to see you in japan when that day comes you know i mean in terms of the, the kind of final question i've got is in terms of dream matches either with culture inc or as a single star who would you want to face and either where would it be or what show would it be i have a few <laughs> so my main one would obviously be the person that got me into wrestling would be Mysterio. Yes. I know I know he has I have no clue how long he has left, but right now it looks like he can never stop. Mm. But that would be a big one. And I, I would literally uh, wrestle him anywhere. WWE uh independent wrestling. I wrestle him in a Walmart if I have to. Like <laughs> It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. That's that's my dream match. Um, another one would be a current person, such as like Leo Rush. Yeah. That would definitely be on the top of my list. Uh, Lee Morarty. That's another one that I would love to wrestle. Uh, Gresham, too. I love Gresham. Yo, Gresham is literally... I think he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. Oh, if yeah. not, not, not probably. He has to be. He, he, yeah. He's one of the top. I've... Got great respect for just just to interrupt. So I've got great respect for Jonathan Gresham. I've followed his career as well. For I'm a massive people don't like the term Mark, but I'm not ashamed to say that I am a massive Jonathan Gresham Mark. I'm the same way. Oh, his his work is just so versatile, and he's just so good at what he does, and he's just so captivating in the ring. And you know, it, I mean, he. Um, I recently spoke to again. It's 
been released actually today um, for BBG Wrestling. I recently spoke to the team of um, Primal Fear, um, who were in Ring of Honor and recently spaced the uh, Mexico squad. And they were trained briefly. Well, they were in the dojo and they were trained by Jonathan Gresham. And they said that they can't wait to face him as well. I think he's one of those guys who just, he can wrestle anybody from anywhere. And he just has such a, he's so crisp and he's just so good. Like you said, he's just so good. He's, he's I believe he's the best wrestler in the world. Like, bar none. Yeah, honestly, I feel like people need to like, honestly, if you're a wrestler, you need to model after his game. Because he's mm. like, He's that perfect, like, uh, he's that perfect mixture of just fluidity, crispness, intensity that I think every wrestler needs. You know, that's awesome. That could be the uh, that'll be the tagline for the for the interview when it goes up on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> They're the three words, a bit like angles, intelligence, and take the three eyes, intelligence, integrity, and. Um, <laughs> I can never remember the last one. <laughs> integrity. Wait, wait. Intelligence, yeah. integrity, intensity, intensity. Intensity. That's it. Intensity. intensity. There intensity. we go. Yeah. No, that's. Um, I completely agree, uh, Eli. And um, you know, I just can't wait to see you wrestle all those guys. And I know that it's going to come soon. And um, just thank you for joining me for such an awesome chat. You know, I've just really, really enjoyed it. And just um, thank you for. You know, allowing me to speak to you this evening for me and this afternoon. What, what time is it for you actually this afternoon for you? Is it the afternoon with you? Yep, yeah, it's almost uh, 5 p.m. Yeah, so the afternoon for you. So thank you. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you for having me for real. Oh, no, you're welcome. And um, where, just a final thing for people where can people find you and Culture Inc. on their social media so they can follow you? Yep, so my Instagram and Twitter will be step up, please. Just as uh, just as said, um, our Instagram, our tag team Instagram is a uh, Culture Inc. with two eyes. Uh, my tag team partner's Instagram is MB Integrator. Uh, also, it's Twitter. Um, my manager's is Wear Your Edge Up on Twitter, and Nick J Holiday on Instagram. And we also have a YouTube page where we have our matches. And it's uh it's Culture Inc. Just look up Culture Inc. Wrestling. Awesome. And you'll be able to see that on YouTube. As well as uh my singles matches will be on uh my YouTube, which is Eli Knight. And you all you have to do is really work, uh look up Eli Knight Wrestling on YouTube. And um if you can, just help us out with merchandise as well. We're all working and we're all trying to, you know, make this uh make this dream achievable. So help will be appreciated there and uh i think that's it awesome i'll definitely put all of those links in the uh, description of the podcast and share those and just like i said thank you once again for you know joining me and if ever you want to come back on the show or if ever you know um the rest of culture inc want to come and join me um then you're welcome anytime because it'd be great to be able to speak to us you know as a group as well so thank you Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No, you're welcome. And um, just to finish off, everyone, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, with this amazing interview with Eli Knight of Culture Inc. Thank you for listening, everybody, and keep safe. <laughs>